Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hello, welcome back to the show. We have a good one for you today. Megan Rasmussen, she's the owner of Method Ride. She teaches indoor cycling. She owns the business. She's just awesome. So we were planning this interview for like seven months, something crazy like that. And then it was funny, midway through the interview, I got a call from my youngest son's school saying that he had a fever so we had to stop recording recorded it uh the rest today so yeah but it is worth the wait fun conversation i really really like her we just laugh and giggle and joke we have the same humor super fun so if you love the show make sure you leave a review it means so much to me make sure you tag us on social media take a screenshot of this episode share with your family and friends so that we can um get everywhere every state in the united states would be amazing so we're over halfway there and it's because of you guys so if you can do me that favor of screenshotting and sharing it and writing a review you would be amazing that would be your good deed for the day okay enjoy hi guys welcome back to the show You may know that I am a group fitness instructor and I teach multiple classes, but ride, aka spin, aka indoor cycling is my absolute favorite. It is my jam is how I got into wanting to be an instructor because I just fell in love with spin and moving to the Charleston area. I was like, I want to try something that is fun. I'm not the traditional person instructor when it comes to indoor cycling, like sitting on a bike the entire time and hill climbing and sprinting the entire 45 minutes to an hour is boring, boring. And so when we moved to Charleston, I was looking for a fun, um, class to try. And there's nothing really around the area I am in, but there is a place called Method Ride in Mount Pleasant, Charleston area. And I fell in love with it. And this was a few years ago and I haven't been able to go all that much, but I absolutely love it. It's such a treat. It reminds me so much of Soul Cycle. Anyway, I have the owner of Method Ride today, and I will read her background, but it's Megan Rasmussen, and she is amazing. We've been trying to do this interview since March of this year. I look back in my notes, I'm like, holy crap, we've been trying to do this for a while, just scheduling, there was issues there, and just, you know, life. We both have kids, all the things. But let me tell you a little bit about Megan so you have an idea of who she is, what she does, and all the things. So she is an award-winning entrepreneur and founder with a track record of making a quick and lasting community impact. In 2016, Megan founded Method Ride Cycling, a badass fitness studio with sales in the seven figures. In 2019, she won an award for best and brightest under 35 from Charleston Business Magazine. Method stands out as a luxury experience through quality and consistency, brilliant branding, and company voice. Megan and Method have won awards yearly since 2016. She moved to NYC and spent many years in music, event, and tour production, including the Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake Legends of Summer Tour, Madonna MDMA Tour, Global Citizens Festivals, Festival Gathering of the Vibes and Bonnaroo. During that time, Megan worked at the city's most sought after luxury fitness clubs. Before moving to NYC, she worked on air and in production in sports radio. In 2020, under the Method umbrella, Megan successfully 
founded a small group training program, hot yoga program, and a coaches training university scaling nationally in 2021. Her current and past careers mixed with her no BS personality set her up as an accidental influencer and business and branding consultant. Megan is now focused on her personal brand, providing value first and inspiration to her growing community on lifestyle, wellness, travel, entrepreneurship, beauty, and parenting. In the works is an online program for entrepreneurs and building long-term contracts as a brand ambassador for like-minded luxury brands. She lives in Charleston, South Carolina, and New York City with her husband and two daughters. That's a mouthful. Welcome, Megan. That was so much. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I already had that major. Send me five sentences. I'm here's my book. Here is my book and I'm all for it. And I found out so many things that I didn't know about you. I feel like, well, I know I'm a celebrity horse. So when I saw Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake, I'm like, let's get into that first. (laughs) You did, um, like tour production and did you meet them in person? Yeah. So first, thanks for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. I'm so Thank we're you. We're finally making this happen. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, just real quick into the event space. Um, I was actually into going to music shows and festivals and went, you know, grew up kind of that way. And then in New York City, um, just started meeting people backstage and it morphed into like one small job and then it morphed into being a runner and then it morphed into setting up and running green rooms um, and then just production assistant for these huge events. And it's something that I always drive around and I think I'm like, that really could have been my whole career path because it's something I am passionate about and love showing up to. And it's really exciting because you get to be around such big experiences that, I mean, you see people come to those and they're like, lives are changed from it. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So I you did. met that, is, have you, did you have like a conversation or you're like, don't, you're not allowed to like speak to them? So it kind of depends on the, um, like what position you have. If I'm mm. a runner, those are people that pretty much like would drive vans around. So when you first start out, no, you aren't supposed to like go running up to them and be like, Hey, by the way, I drove around your, you know, rigors for from Germany for two weeks they're like who are you why are you talking mm-hmm. to me this is super yeah. awkward but when you start working like in the office and closer to um say like tour practice um then you just have conversations organically and it's exciting for me and probably very unmemorable for everyone I talk to <laughs> oh my gosh that is so cool were I they know, nice it was a lot of fun um, everyone was nice except for one and he's not on that list. Um, but it was, I have the best stories from, um, that one. It was a tour practice in New York city that we did for a couple months and the guy's older, very well known and really goofy and has a lot of very interesting, um, guidelines. You have to stay in between. That was, was he in music? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does his name rhyme with anything? (laughs) (laughs) I I can't think of anything that rhymes with his name. Ah. I'm like, Uh, I need to know all the details. I know, I know, I know. It's really hard to like know some of it. That's um, That's the juicy scoop. Maybe when we are done recording, I can get it out of you. you, (laughs) What about, um, I heard Madonna is not the nicest person to work for. Is that. She was great. Maybe I just wasn't high up enough. I wasn't running her um, tour or anything on of that level. So, um, but I did have a conversation with her more than once and she was very kind and she would ride this little bike around the backstage, um, with high handlebars around Mm. the backstage of the concert venues. That is so She was nice. She was nice. Okay. I didn't do anything. I didn't have any interactions that would really have given her an opportunity to be not nice. Mm -hmm. Um, unless she truly was a not nice person and just raged around being angry, but that wasn't the case. Nope. Okay. So did you go to school for like music and event planning and things like that or no? 
I have been to school for everything. Um, <laughs> immediately after high school, I actually went to school um, for cosmetology and was a hairstylist for a lot of years. I chose that path because I didn't have math and mm. um, I don't like math. So high school Meg was like, no math, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that wasn't going to be my path. That definitely wasn't going to be my passion. I um, went back to school for radio broadcasting and then work in sports radio after that. And then, um, ran around New York city and decided to go back to school, which is kind of ultimately what brought me out of the event world. If you aren't touring, you're not working it. Um, and went back to school for journalism and actually worked at a news station in the Bronx without a degree for a little bit. Never got the degree. I have a two-year degree, so I don't. I don't have that four-year college degree. Mm. You don't need one. I'm doing no. great. I have life skills. Exactly. I feel like that's more oh. important. You can have all the degrees and just not be able to connect with people. And of course, you know, that doesn't mean it anything. took a long. It took a long time to realize it was okay to be have that be the case. Just growing up, people are like, "Oh, you go do this. You do this." you graduate from high school, you go to college, you get your mm-hmm. degree, you work in the office, you get the health benefits and that's your life. Maybe you have some kids, maybe you don't. I grew up in Minnesota. I don't know if that's the case everywhere, but that was very black and white cookie cutter, cut and dry for you. So kind of detouring from that pre-planned path um, took a while for my mind to be like, all right, you're actually doing this and you're okay and you're doing it well. So don't be ashamed, step into it. And mm-hmm. here I am shining bright, hopefully. Yes, you are. I think a lot of people can relate to that too. I think that, I don't know if that's like a, our general, I definitely think it is our generation where you like, you go to school because our parents were more like in the, whatever, what do you call it? Like, just like go out into the field, don't get a, you know, college wasn't a big thing. And then our generation was. And then I feel like we're circling back where we're like, "Mm, not so much, especially with student loan debt and all of that. But um, I think a lot of people can resonate with that too. It's like, we go off of this identity or we feel like we should follow this like specific plan. And then if we don't, then we feel like a failure, like what am I doing? But um, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. So too, um, and anything's possible. And if you did go to school and you got that degree and here you are 15 years later or however many, no matter many years, 35 Mm -hmm. years later, who knows? Um, you can still change directions just because you have a degree in one thing and that's what you've been working in or gearing up towards, you know, if you have your moment where you're like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, yes, it's okay. We're here telling you it's okay. It's It's okay. okay. Totally. So what brought you on to like, um, opening up your own studio and all of this that has come from it? Like what, what was like the catalyst for that? What was, um, were you always into fitness? Um, no. So actually this is kind of born out of the want to be into fitness. Um, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, I worked at some of New York City's like top of the lines, like high performing, beautiful clubs and studios um, in hopes that if I worked there, that I would work out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, if I get a job there, when I get a free membership, I'm a poor New York City girl. And two, if you're around it, it will happen. It turns out that's not the case. Um, you actually have to do it still. <laughs> but that led me into Soul Cycle, and I worked at Soul Cycle and that was one of the workouts just when you're in the dark and riding to the beat of the music and you just have that opportunity to work your body so hard that your mind lets go. It's, it's like, it's indescribable unless you've experienced Mm -hmm. it. And so if that's the workout that this, you know, I'm a woman that doesn't want to work out and that's the one I want to do. And when we moved down here, it was something that was missing in the area. And I was passionate about it because Once you start moving your body like that, once you start sweating and feeling the benefits and seeing the benefits in all these alleys of your life, like once you have that, and then it's, it wasn't down here when we moved down here, it's, it was taken away pretty much. Right. I mean, I took it away from myself by moving, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't available. And I was like, I want to do this. Let's do this. And my husband was like, all right, do it. And I was like, 
okay, cool. So here we go. And now we have method ride. Yeah. So were you an instructor at SoulCycle? No, no. I actually started off when I founded Method Ride in 2016. Um, I did not teach on the bike and only did I started doing that um, probably in 2019. No I way. on the bike. Yes. Yeah. So um, you've only been I teaching for two that. years and you had the business mm-hmm. prior to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy. So what were you doing at SoulCycle? Uh, working front desk and a little bit of management before I ended up moving to another uh, bike studio in Connecticut, managing up there, um, and then moved down here. Mm. Okay, so right, yeah, that's so crazy. So I'm like, I'm I, I thought I knew. Mind blown. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah your path. It's your a story, path. and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This is not what I thought. So okay. You obviously had the goal to start your own business and a whole, you know, ride studio. So was it hard for you to really understand like instructors and the concept and, you know, rhythm-based ride when you weren't yourself teaching it? Um, There was, it wasn't hard for me to understand the ride. Um, If you go into a class and you pay attention, it's pretty easy to pick up that there's a, you know, you find the beats and then you intelligently sequence it and you put it together in a way that's going to create a, um, well, this is what I did, um, put it together in a way that's going to create a complete body workout, which is what we do, right? It's not just a spin class where you sit on a bike and move your legs mm-hmm. like your mom did in the seventies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just start putting it together and there was a big disconnect um, between me and the coaches, not like, professionally or friendly, just, I would go and say, hi, I want more of this. And they'd be like, we don't, you know, like the way I describe something and the way they would probably describe it were different. So there was a little disconnect there with trying to um, verbalize what I wanted out of the class. And part of that, I don't know if it was me not teaching or part of it was just that I didn't completely know. Mind you, we started with top notch classes, like, um, we, I brought in some other people and they helped me figure it out and we started pretty solid, but going forward from there, it was messy. I mean, I started a business. There was a lot of, there still is, but at the beginning there was a ton of falls and a ton of fails. And like, you've probably heard say, read, we fail forward, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so you fail and you grab everything from that. Well, I say fail with quotes right around it grab everything from that experience, jam it into a box, put that box on the ground, step atop it and level up and move on. So that's how I think we kind of made it to this point. Well, that, you know, a lot more than I can fit into this podcast, but that's one of those things is taking all those times that you're down and, you know, I've, I've cried. I have questioned, um, everything about, you know, pretty much what am I doing with this business? And it leads into what am I doing with my life and bigger Mm -hmm. questions. And I question that often. And you can either question and then lay down and let it blanket over you and push you down, or you can take just everything and use it in your advantage. So I choose fuel over fail. I love that. I choose fuel over fail. Yeah. How, how did you put that on it? Put that on a shirt. I'm writing that, <laughs> writing that down because <laughs> hey, maybe that's the title of this one. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, how did you come up with the name of Method Ryan? Oh my gosh, Lauren! So our first name <laughs> was actually Ride House, all one word, Ride House. I think Signs that's what Google came up. Ride we House. were open. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, we started everything. Google had it, um, website. We opened and we're kicking out his ride house. And my trademarking went through, but um, we had a disgruntled uh, contractor from Buildout who gave us a very poor product. We had actually shut down the studio after we opened and tear out what they did and redo it. Um, and they didn't like that, even though that's a very long story, we had no other option and they weren't happy with it. And they called this place, um, in Texas called 
the ride house indoor cycle and fitness and told them that I had been going down there and was copying all their things and asked for the same systems that they had. Mind you, like I knew they existed because I Googled ride house. I was like, I think we're different enough. We're across the country. I'm not going there. They aren't going anywhere. Um, But they wanted $5 million for the name ride house. And I didn't think it was at that time worth $5 million. So I said no, and we changed the name to Method Ride. And we had kind of been using Ride House Method is what we taught. And so Method was just kind of in my mind. And Method Ride was born and the trademark was open (laughs) this time. Mm. Well, it was open the first time. And that's our method, which Mm. I like now more anyways. It flows. Someone came. Yeah. Someone came by when we were Ride House and they finally stopped. And they're like, I thought you were a bull riding bar. And I was like, what? <laughs> we aren't. I like that, but we aren't. <laughs> Maybe we can be on like Sunday or something. For Friday enough night. money, I will become a bull riding bar just for you, sir. Like, <laughs> what? what? Yeah, like, <laughs> so weird. So, um, so weird. So initially when you're like, frick, I'm opening this business. Oh, how mm-hmm. much money? I don't know if you're comfortable talking about that. Would mm-hmm. you think you spent on just like redoing everything and then changing the name and everything initially. So that is very interesting. Like the name change itself, you know, you have your signs, you have your attorney fees for the trademarking. Um, It's hard because the momentum changed, you know, Mm. you build up if you're doing it properly. And I didn't even do it is the way I would now. Um, But we had all this buildup and we were running full, like, this is a moving train. We are cruising down these tracks. Like when you first open, like you're flying. Right. And, um, to, for the community, I think it's, there is no number on what the damage was from just being like everyone where'd ride house go. Like all of a sudden we were method ride and people were like, where'd you come from? And Mm -hmm. what happened to this other place we've been hearing about for so long. Um, so that was, you know, a tiny tragedy and bigger at the time for myself in my, um, state of opening my first business, you know, Mm -hmm. everything's vibing high, everything's tightly wound. And that was terrible, but right. You have no choice. Bottled that up put it in the box, stood on that. Yeah. Do it again. Did you, I feel like a lot of people, especially if they're not in this like space or maybe they've dabbled in things on the side or whatever it is, it's like you internalize so much like, oh my gosh, this makes me a terrible business owner. And you look at other people's success, like, oh, I'm not made to do this. And you don't really hear about all of their failures. And then you're like, I'm, I'm sure like, embarrassed you're like how did this even happen and how do I explain that how did you like get through that phase yeah um I don't know and I think about this a lot because I I feel like it's very valuable knowing how you get through those um and I think there's a lot of little things that help get you through it's not one thing um it's like kind of this big area of gray versus just a black or white. What did you do to get through? So um, one, you move your body, you work out, you get your sweat in. Um, it changes the chemicals in your body and it keeps your mind a little bit sharp, right? That's one little thing that levels you up to like being able to cope, being able to move forward. Um, eating healthy gets you right. It's like kind of a high performer habit situation, writing mm-hmm. things down, making lists, um, putting out a timeline of where you need to get to and how you're going to get there um, and just keep going, like writing it out, living the best you can for yourself. Um, You know, lots of cries in the shower, Um, (laughs) talking to some people. I work best though, not talking to a lot of people about those things and really sorting it out in my mind first. And Mm. That might not work best for some people, but for me, just writing a lot of things down and realizing I once heard, um, shoot, I don't know who said it, but it was something like, it was someone who was writing a book. Maybe it was Rachel Hollis. And she was like, I wrote, you know, five or seven, whatever many books before my book took off. And Mm -hmm. 
I became, you know, down the road I am on now. So like, and you've heard it before, you never know when it's going to switch for you and wonder if she would have stopped at the book before she became famous or, you know, wonder if I was like, took this as a sign and said, you aren't meant to do this. If, if you start down that path and you're like, this is a sign that this isn't for me, then, you know, what's, what's other signs you're going to take. It's a Mm -hmm. slippery slope of being like, well, that's not for me either. Then all of a sudden nothing's for you. So I say, man, you got to keep your mind right first and do whatever it takes to do that. For me, it's moving, trying to eat healthy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the hardest, right? I know. I just love food. I saw your it. post about like, you have like, um, like, um, a service coming to you. You're like, I'm going to try this again. Uh, I'm trying it. Actually, this one's different. Um, the, the one I'm doing is under what's the, um, it's a meal box program where they send it to you and you cook it. And I'm always like, I could go buy this and cook it myself, but this is mm-hmm. under them. And they just had, you just heat it up. So I was like, all right, if I'm not doing it full time, I'm not going like, um, crazy diet. But you know, if I'm like, all right, if this is my dinner for tonight, that's all I'm going to eat. And then like the next night I'll eat, uh, I'm a snacker, which is weird. Totally. I need to, yeah. I just, I'm like, Ooh, I'll have a couple of that and a handful of that. And an hour later I'm walking back through my, um, kitchen, grabbing it again. And that's where I feel. And it's kind of one of those things where you, you're like, I don't know. I don't feel good if I'm not, eating well. And I don't feel good if I'm not moving and I don't feel good if I'm not writing things down. Um, Mm. right. Yeah. I feel like when you're so busy too, it's like, you can't really focus on what's going on. You're like, frick, you know, I have to, especially with running Mm -hmm. a business and when there's money involved and all this stuff, you're like, I have to figure this crap out. There's no like really sitting and crying for too long. You know, you do that in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. shower ends pretty quick. Let's move on. Um, yeah, yeah. I was talking to my friend, uh, John Osborne, who is in Charleston in a funding capacity. He's a friend of mine. And he, uh, was talking to me at lunch one time. I had to have a really hard conversation with someone. Um, he's like, look, whenever things go wrong, whenever you have to have one of these conversations, you're allowed to be scared. You're allowed to, you know, freak out over it. He's like, but you have to get it done. So have your freak out and then, you know, pull up your bootstraps and move on. Um, the conversation will only last 15 minutes. The moving on the next steps forward are just a couple of steps. And then your feet will start running underneath you again. And so in my head, I'm always like, all right, I have 15 minutes mm-hmm. and then I'm going to move on with the rest of my world. Yeah. Um, going back to like the nutrition part, it's like, and what your story before, cause a lot of my listeners are, um, you know, in the fitness world, um, they work mm-hmm. out, but maybe they are still uncomfortable in their skin. It's like your journey started. Like, it's not like you were like this fitness influencer mm-hmm. and like had all these like followers and known you for fitness. You're like, I'm going to start working in a gym so that hopefully that it will actually work out. <laughs> yep. Then you like, you did everything like in reverse order. Like I'm going to open a fitness studio, but mm-hmm. I'm not an instructor. And Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, you're teaching. And then, you know, I feel like it's very um, transparent. You're like, I'm an instructor, but I still have my own struggles, especially with um, nutrition. And I'm still trying to figure this shit out, you know? So I think people can relate to that. And um, it just, I feel like it's just refreshing to hear that, like, you know, um, I'm not like I eat chicken and vegetables every single day and you know, you're very regimented and there's some people that are, I had a woman on, she's 61. She's a cancer survivor. She's been 13 fitness competitions. Very interesting conversation. She's very regimented and most people aren't. So I feel like it's almost like, you know, she's like the alien and you're more like, I don't know, like everybody else. You're like, yeah, yeah I still struggle. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. I know what you're talking about. And actually, in the fitness industry, that's where an imposter syndrome, excuse me, imposter syndrome almost comes out um, for me. And that's as a business owner comes out often, but also I went from business owner also to a fitness leader. And, and what you're saying is generally you'll see um, fitness 
leaders in the public, in the community started the way you say, and they look great. They have Mm -hmm. a super healthy looking body and healthy. And when I say that, you know, I take that back. I guess what gets me through is knowing that the way I used to view healthy was very skinny with muscle tone and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think having kids and going through my own struggles of not showing a six pack, you know, and not having the super toned arms and being what I used to view as healthy. And also I bring up having kids because I'm talking to them about healthy body image all the time. And one of the first things I say is everyone looks different. How beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. So it was getting over, getting over what I thought a healthy body was. And so much of the society today still views it the way I used to. Um, And then that's something you have to get over in your own mind. If you don't have a body, like a lot of fitness influencers have, there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't know if you need to replay this over and over and just say, there is nothing wrong with that. I am moving my body. And I am drinking the stupid water and I'm eating my vegetables and I'm trying as hard as I can to be happy in my mind. Um, that's the healthy body. So uh, I don't know what the question yeah. was, no, that's, that's, but that's where I am. And I constantly talk to myself. Maybe that's unhealthy. I don't know if everyone has conversations like this in their head, but just knowing like if you're do if you're sitting on your couch and you're eating a tube of Pringles every night and in your head you're saying tomorrow 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 just know like you aren't living up to your full potential of what your healthy is so totally. heart disease is such a huge disease in this country i think um number 1 uh, leading of so many problems. I don't even know. I'm Wait, not hold on, sorry. Can I pause here. you real quick? My, yes, yes. My, my, um, we'll get edit this out. My son's school just called. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Self-esteem can literally hold you back from being the person you want to be. And up until about five years ago, I was what I like to call deficient in self-esteem. I didn't believe in myself. I was constantly comparing myself. I would work out only to lose weight. I wasn't accomplishing my goals and the list goes on. I eventually got so sick of my inner critic and made the choice to invest in myself and the woman I wanted to be. And that woman was the woman who supported herself, the woman who followed through on her goals, even if it meant falling down and getting back up because I've fallen and I've gotten back up. I made myself a priority out of necessity, not a luxury. And years later, here I am and I've come such a long way. And because I know how good it feels, I want you to feel the confidence that I feel and allow yourself to step into the woman you want to be and the woman you know you can be. I am taking clients one-on-one on this journey of life and I dive deep into your goals and the barriers standing in between you and who you're meant to be. I help you stay accountable, confident, and finally accomplish the goals you desire. And if this sounds like you, all you have to do is email me at lkubatpt at gmail.com and I'll leave that information in the show notes. All you have to say in this email at lkubatpt at gmail.com is coaching details and I will send you the next steps. Spots are very limited because I devote my heart and soul into each and every one of my clients. So jump on this before your spot is filled. Single sessions are only $50. Okay, back to the show. Hi guys, welcome. Well, I don't know why I'm saying welcome back to the show. That was the beginning of the show. So this is round two. Um, We had to uh, hit record or stop recording. We're back a different day recording this because I got a call. My son has uh, had a flu not the flu. I don't know. Fever. Uh, hope it's not the flu, but anyway, so we're going to try to, we are going to continue somewhere where, um, we left off. So, well, I think it's fitting that we both have kids. You have two girls. I have two boys. You're running businesses. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't like to say like, how do you balance it all? How do you manage it all between the kids and the businesses and all that? So that's a fun question. Um, I look at it as a circle. I'm very visual and maybe everything works better simple in my mind, my crazy mind. So the more simple I can organize this, the more successful I am at quote, organizing it all or doing it all. So I have like a pie chart and no matter what, if you are working more, other things in that chart are going to suffer. So if you're spending more time on work, then your time with your kids is going to suffer and vice versa. And so it's really just balancing it all and being very aware, like, and like I put in a bunch of work today, then I'm going to open up space somewhere else to hang out with my children. So I'm not, so I don't feel bad about working. I feel like if I don't have control over it or don't have it planned out and I'm working late and missing time with my children, then I feel terrible about it. Or Mm -hmm. if I'm with my children and things at work are suffering and I don't have it planned out and I feel anxiety over it. So if it's planned, you just walk, walk the line and make sure, you know, um, go over it a few times a month and just say, have I spent my time where I want to spend my time when you know your priorities, um, it takes a lot of the guilt away Mm -hmm. from being a working parent. Yeah. That's for me. What about you? Oh, balance. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my husband and I have a really good way of like, there's a lot of things that we just like, Hey, you go do you right now. And I'll watch the kids and vice versa. And so like yeah. right now he it's like two 15. That's the only other time we can make this work and where it's not late at the night. And it, you know, that, um, gets into our family time altogether, but he was like, I'm going to bring my laptop top downstairs. He's with the boys on the couch and he's helping me. And you know, the same for him. He likes to fly. He's a pilot. Um, so then he'll be like, I, I need to fly. I need this time. Okay. I have the kids and I'll go do stuff with the kids. And then we try to try to do, you know, more family stuff on the weekend and everything. But I feel like we couldn't both do what we wanted to do without the help of the other, you know? Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's so helpful. So that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that helps a lot. I mean, and I have the kids a lot. I, I mean, I'm at the gym well, teaching four days a week and then they go to school only two days a week from nine to one. So it's like, you know, they're with me a lot. Um, and then I try to just like time block, I guess what you do and, um, and, you know, do what I can when they're not around. But then there are some times where I feel like I'm on my phone too much because I'm trying to post or stupid stuff or answering mm-hmm. emails. And then I'm like, that's when I feel guilty. I'm like, okay, then I need a day off of social media or whatever it is. So Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. So are you guys totally. in Charleston and New York city or you were, or what's going on there? So we moved down here from New York and there's like the pre COVID traveling life. And then there's the world as we know it now, which, um, we still, my husband and I travel along, but we've been in Charleston for however many years now, just hanging mm-hmm. out in Charleston. We're just starting to get back out as a family planning some vacations and then traveling back and forth. And hopefully we'll get back up there, start getting back on a regular routine soon. Mm. Do you have a house there? So we used to keep one up. We were living in South Salem and then came down here and would travel back and forth um, as much as possible. Now we don't. Uh, we hope to again yeah. soon. So you miss it someday? Yes, I miss New York so much. I love it. My husband grew up in the area and and he doesn't miss it as much. I didn't grow up in the area and I thrive off that. Whatever New York is, I thrive off of it. So I definitely miss that recharge, um, the constant recharge of New York city, but Mm. it's a one way or a nonstop, not a one way, a direct flight. So I, I don't know. My, yeah. my excuses are lame at this point. I, <laughs> well, think, I mean, <laughs> it is harder with kids. They're in school. Yeah. Right. Have- once they get, once they get a little older, they're going to school. Those attendance days count. You can't. Just- oh yeah. Yeah. You can't take them out, man. I don't want to be flagged. Don't flag me. <laughs> my kids are in school. <laughs> they just need a clone. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. clone goes. No, no. <laughs> we don't no. need it anymore. No, <laughs> no clones. Is, don't do it. <laughs> don't make it happen. <laughs> um. So I have. I thought about this a while ago too when I was thinking about your classes and everything. I noticed that you are very I, I, intentional about making sure that you're not teaching every single day, multiple classes a day. Is that something that you thought of before or what's like the method around that? Yeah. So um, for me personally, I can't run a business and keep that circle, the pie that I talked about earlier. Um, I can't keep it right, right for my life if I'm teaching too much because as you know, so much goes into a class and Mm -hmm. energy wise and time wise prepping, doing the class, whatever happens after the class. So there's a lot of time and energy that goes into it. And to be able to run a business and teach is one thing to be able to run and grow a business successfully and teach is another. So I just have to be really conscious about um, where I spend my time. And though I love teaching, if I was teaching too much, then something else would suffer. And that priority wasn't aligning. So Mm. I just pay close attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. And try, I just keep trying. It's not perfect, but Mm. you know, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So when you're going through something, because we all go through something and, you know, especially with ride, I feel like we use a lot of our words, a lot of our feelings connecting the mind, body, and soul. And sometimes if we're going through something, it's like, I find when I'm not in a creative space or I'm in a funk or a down or whatever it is, I, I find personally that it's hard for me to say the right things and encourage you know, other people, but when I'm, when I'm in my creative mode and my, like all the stars are aligned, it's like, Oh, that's when the deeper connections are made. And that's when people are crying. And that's when people come up to me after a class. I'm like, it was so good. I felt it. But on those days where I guess I'm not in that like place where the words aren't coming to me, I try to make it more of an energy ride class, a, I guess, quote unquote, like fun class where, I'm surface level and I don't go too deep. How do you go through that when you want to make this grand class every single time, but you personally are going through something? Yes. So I think there's a few um, things that come to my mind initially. And one is if you're in a place where you can't positively, like if you can't, I guess I say spit out, you know, Mm -hmm. a bunch of positive, you can't lead them, then just lead the class to the best of your ability and don't fake motivate. Don't Mm. spit out words that don't mean anything to you because they aren't going to land with them. And they're, you're going to end up losing trust. Um, not like someone's like, no, I don't trust you, but somewhere deep in their mind, they'll know that that was coming from a place, um, that wasn't connected and people can feel it. So just like you're saying, pull back. Um, and then, if you're already teaching a solid class, all that, all the motivation, all the stories, all the connections you give, all the visuals, those are all added on top of your already incredible class. And so sometimes those people might need the same exact thing you need that day, which is just less talk, less mm-hmm. visuals, less mentally visualizing things. Cause I, that's what I use in my class a lot and they just need that ride. So you just drop a few things um, that leave very open-ended for um, their thoughts to get going. And that's kind of what I do. And I mean, there mm-hmm. are days that I'm dragging my feet into that class. I mean, mind you, I bounce right out that door and I feel 110% better mm-hmm. than when you walked in, but it's, it's definitely hard to show up if you aren't feeling it. I'd say on the flip side, when you're really feeling it, mm-hmm. um, it can get be very powerful. Um, they say when you move your body, the like chemicals in your mind change, as I'm sure, you know, and it's very true and it can be super felt, but like, there's no good without the bad, not that you're having bad classes, but you aren't Mm going to have those super powerful classes if you don't have classes that are a little less powerful. So Mm -hmm. in order for people to feel the power, it's okay to not have 
you can't just keep rising up and rising up and rising up. All of a sudden you're going to be depleted and your customers are going to feel, mm. you know, everything yeah. normal. Oh. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is, it is true. It's like, in the very beginning of teaching that used to bother me, like, why was that one class amazing? And this one was like mediocre or whatever. And it just is what it is. It's like, now I'm not like, I just know that's all part of it. Just like every time that somebody comes to class, they're not going to feel like 100%. They're, you know, dealing with crap outside of the gym and hormones and, you know, arguments and just sadness, whatever it is. And so it's not always going to be 100, but you're so right. And it's like, you can make those deeper connections when you're like in it and you can share and, but you have to have those, I guess, not so great or less great classes too. We need a word for those classes because it's not like they're bad. It's not like they're less great. But Mm -hmm. also sometimes those classes that you're like, when you get done, you're like, you know, that was ho-hum, whatever. It was great, but not my best. Someone will come up to you and just surprise you. Like, that was amazing. I cried. Mm -hmm. So just because you weren't feeling the power doesn't mean it's not landing with someone else straight to their heart. So true. That is very true. Yeah, I like that. And that has happened before where like, especially if it's like a new person too, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, they haven't experienced it before, you know? So yeah, you're right. Um, What do you do? Do you have any like rituals in place or like a routine where you personally like find peace and get centered with yourself and your goals? Oh yeah. Um, uh, Goals in general or like my pre-ride, my pre-class Let's start general. Generally, I need time to myself um, and driving. So I find if I'm working at home and not going to the studio, not going to run errands, I live on an island. If I don't leave the islands, I don't get my drive time in. And I'm not sure if that comes from growing up in a suburb of a city where I spent a lot of time on the highway. That's my thought time. And that's where I align my thoughts. Um, And then, of course, writing everything down. And I'm a very specific way that I write things down, which is, you know, I kind of surprised myself because I guess, (laughs) (laughs) like, do I look like a person that would write everything down? Probably not, but I need, I need that organization um, visually. And I feel like being super organized allows me to be more at peace and calmer um, as I work and as I deal with people and relationships. So I guess my meditation is driving and singing to like Fleetwood Mac. Mm. How long do you meditate for? Do you have like a specific amount? Mm. I mean, it depends on how I'm feeling. Um, I don't have a very consistent, uh, meditation practice. So some days, some weeks, in months, I'll be really into it and really flying and wake up, do it every day or do it every night and have a really good practice. And sometimes it is literally a 60 second deep breathing and moving on. Mm. So I do, that's one of those things I was like, I can really benefit if I would just make the time, maybe if I wrote it down, it would happen. Mm, Yeah. 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 Sure write down. I'll start doing that. Check back in with me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Write that shit down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meditate. Meditate, bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, do the kids wake up before you? Do you wake up before them? <laughs> My kids are vampires and never sleep. Um, the same. And then don't wake up, but then do wake up. It is, it is just our sleep schedule is a mess. Don't don't nanny call me. Don't have anyone <laughs> reach out to me. I'm like, I can help you. There's no saving us. It is a mess. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding. I have my three-year-olds up and ready to rock. And actually my six-year-old daughter just like yesterday was like, mom, I used, I think something's wrong with me. I used to just like want to get out of bed and start my day and play all day. And now I just don't ever want to get out of bed. And I was like, this oh, is the great. beginning of the rest of your life because <laughs> you are me and we have a very hard time getting out of bed. Um, oh, no. So, no, I have to like lights, lights on, blankets off. Let's all, do this. Anything. Let's I'll try anything. Up. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our kids are, well, my oldest is about to be five and um, my youngest is about to be three in January, but like the kids are in the same stage. Yeah. Sounds like, yeah. yeah, I know it's kind of, it's fun. Has your kid ever done the thing in the middle of the night where you're laying in bed in your bed and you look at the doorway of your bedroom and your kid's standing there in the dark, like a total <laughs> creeper staring at you. Hello. Hello. Or yeah, right next to your bed, right next to your bed when you're sleeping and you open your eyes. And you're like, How long have you been standing there? Chucky. What do you want? Yeah. No. So frightening. Yes. Yes. And our youngest yes. sleeps with, well, he'll go to sleep in his own room, comes into our bed. I don't know, random times. And then he just rolls around, breathes heavy yeah. in your face. He's been sick. So he'll just legit open his mouth cough right into your mouth because Mm -hmm. we sleep with our mouth open yeah yeah. so you're like thank you thank you for that oh you're still asleep cool because I'm wide awake now thank you yeah so it's it's a stage it is fun well and it goes by so fast it really does Mm -hmm. I used to get a little frustrated about my sleep not you know I like my sleep and then it's like it's not going to be like this forever. And it's kind of cute. So it is, it It is. There are days where I'm like, Oh, it's going too fast. And then other days where I'm like, God, they're teenagers, you know, like a friend, like you guys have it so easy or, but they Mm -hmm. don't No, It's just a different Mm -hmm. piece. I've heard. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. Mm, I'm not ready for it. No, not ready for it. Okay. So what advice This is what I want to finish on what advice do you have for anybody that is, I'm going to give it two ways, um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, are wanting to make fitness a consistent part of their life and they don't know how, maybe that's a two-part question. We'll do that one. And then the second one is what advice do you have for a woman that is, um, wanting to start a business, maybe also a family, what, what would you have um, to say to her? All right. For someone that um, is looking to start fitness, it really depends on where they're at. What I do see a lot of that leads to um, falling off of your goal is going so hard, so fast. So you're going a lot of times I see, and I've done it too before, and I'll probably do it over and over again, where I am very consistent with my workout. And then it falls off for a long time and then getting back into it is hard. And years ago, I used to be like, all right, I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out every day, every other day. I'm going to only eat chicken breast and broccoli. I'm going to go all in. And it was just too much, too fast. And it was not sustainable at all. So just start off small, like walk around your neighborhood, like get off of your couch, start going for walks if you can. And then I am a big advocate for group fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. I like the classes. You just roll in. Someone's telling me exactly what to do. Yes, I could do this yoga class at home, but am I going to? No. So that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at. Get your ass into the class. Um, I like that. What? Two (laughs) two times a week? Is that going to work for you? Three. Be honest with yourself. Yes, five times a week would be beautiful, but that's not where you're at right now. Once, once a week. Just go once a week and um, be consistent about it. And then if it comes, if you're doing nutrition at the same time, don't just jump into something else. Just like put the chips down, cut soda out of your diet, like do small changes because those small changes done consistently add up to big change and big change done quickly usually ends in disappointment. Um, that's how I feel about fitness. Uh, obviously method ride is a beautiful place to start. Yeah. Um, do you guys do virtual classes or were you? No, we did a little bit. It was, yeah. it's really, it's a lot of work, yeah. um, because of music licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to get sued because I wanted to play Drake in my small online class. So once we opened back up, we kind of fizzled that out. Um, I mean, I would love to someday, but that's going to take a bigger, bigger team to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, um, 
What was the second question? People that want to start a business. Yeah. Start a business, maybe also a family. Like, do you have anything that you do that you're like, oh my gosh, if I didn't do this, or maybe before you did this, you were a mess. I highly recommend, um, not doing something yourself. Okay. You can found a business, own a business, run a business by yourself, but no matter how much you think, you know, about the business, um, or, or you think, you know, about being an entrepreneur, there's always more to know. And someone's always generally, I mean, unless you're like Zuckerberg, but generally someone's done what you've done in a form or fashion, and they're going to have done it the wrong way. And they're going to have done it the right way. So let them make the mistakes for you, you know, sign up, get a book. I don't know if even these books exist. I'm big into online programs. Um, Mm -hmm. and generally they'll have just different phases you go through and you'll go through things like branding, marketing, um, running your books, those different things. Um, that's actually what I'm putting together because yeah, I might not know it all, but I know a, a lot of things and I've messed up a lot. So I think what I know is valuable for someone starting a business. Um, and so if it's me, maybe it's not going to be, but a mentor of some sort that can help walk you through so you can not make those mistakes. And if you have a family, then you end up spending more time with your family instead of fighting your retail neighbors in court or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. which has happened. Oh no. Oh, I love that because you know, too, I feel people can relate to you because it's like, you're, you're upfront. You're like, I'm not perfect. I have messed up. And it's like, we want those people. We don't want somebody that's like, Oh, I've done it all. And you know, I never made a mistake. And that, you know, it's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or I see even, um, you know, something that you're up to, like just having an accountability call with a coach that Mm -hmm. you can talk over what you're doing and they can look at you and be like, Hey, you've been talking about this for four weeks and you haven't done it yet. And that's holding you back an outside vision, um, Mm -hmm. into what you're up to can definitely be. Oh no, you're still there. I'm still here. Sorry. Apparently my phone and my computer is (laughs) connected. That that's okay. No. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if something else happened for but at least this is like the end. Um, don't make it happen. Don't make it happen. Thank you so much for being here. It was so yeah. fun. Yeah, it is fun. Oh this my gosh. Great. It Let's is do it more. seriously Let's do it live. Live. We can live with other people. Instagram, baby. Instagram. Margaritas. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where can listeners that. find you? Listeners can find me in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina at Method Ride. Um, You can also find me online, methodride.com, meganrasmussen.com. You can find me on Instagram at meganrasmussen.p or methodride on Instagram. Mm. Email me, message me. I reply to everyone within two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) The turnover is so quick. (laughs) I'm going to reply best to five messages in a row. I will write you back. That is how we got this interview scheduled. It is. (laughs) Seven months you were, you know, Mm -hmm. under a year. It was great. (laughs) No, she's, she's very busy, but yes, Uh you want to help, which is amazing. And then, um, I remember one time, I don't know. I came in, I messaged method ride or something. And you're like, yeah, just talk to Megan when you get there. And then I was like, Oh, is Megan here? And you're like, yeah, I'm Megan. And then we we're talking. And then you were some, saying something about, I don't know, owning the business. I'm like, Oh, you're the owner. And like, I, you know, you're just like so nonchalant yeah. about it. Yeah. We're like, yeah, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah. So I thought that real was so quick, cool. real quick before we go, I was training yeah. in a front desk person one time. And this is when I had more management um, at the studio and I was training her in she's asking me questions about the business and about the owner and all these things. And I just kind of let her go. And someone else came in. I'm like, don't tell her, don't tell her like who I am. I just want to like, see how she works. And then she found out and it was just the funniest joke. She was very, (laughs) (laughs) did she work out or (laughs) she stayed, she stayed a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I wouldn't, if she started talking some shit, I would have stopped her. I wouldn't let her embarrass herself like that, but no, she was just, asking questions. She's like, that's embarrassing. I was like, it's not. 
<laughs> You're like, I probably did that when I was younger to like Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake or something. <laughs> Maybe you yeah. didn't know who Justin Timberlake was. You know, he'd probably like, be really young. Maybe do really young people not know him? Maybe I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like Madonna. I don't know. I don't I know how you not know. You have to know. You have to know. Well, yeah. anyway, you guys, if you love this episode, um, make sure you screenshot it. You tag Megan period Rasmussen P or method, right? I'll leave all that stuff in the show notes, tag myself. Let me know what you loved about the show. And even better, I love you forever. If you leave a review that helps with the show and the ranking on Apple podcasts, and it's just a nice thing to do. You get to listen for free. So why wouldn't you? Cause you're a great human being. And remember you guys, you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again and remember to go after the life you want. Bye guys. Bye guys.